What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Fast Money starts right now. I am Brian Sullivan. In once again for Melissa, your traders on the desk tonight are Tim Seymour, Brian Kelly, Dan Nathan, and Guy Adami tonight on Fast. Bitcoin under pressure. But there is something happening this week that could be about to take the crypto to the next level. We've got those details. Plus, Boeing's epic run rages on and could mean even more trouble for GE. We'll explain the connection. All that ahead. But first, we have to begin with technology earnings because two behemoths reporting their numbers moments ago. Facebook and Microsoft both coming in with beats. However, the stocks are under pressure. As always, we have full team coverage right here. Gene Munster monitoring the Facebook call on the red phone. Carter Worth checking the charts on both the names as we speak. Let us begin with Facebook. That stock down a couple of percent after hours. Of course, guys, on top of a 40% gain over the past year, there's been a lot going on with Facebook. The growing concern over fake news changes, guys. It's some of its algorithms, daily active users, Coming in a little bit better than expected, not by much. What do you make of the Facebook reaction? Well, the algos are to get ahead of any political ranking that can come down over the next couple of months. So I think Mr. Zuckerberg was ahead of the curve there. But if people are spending less time on the platform, then you have to ask yourself, does the valuation make as much sense as it has in the past? Because quite frankly, I think EPS numbers were fine. Revenue numbers were fine. Margins number were fine. You mentioned active users. Maybe we're not seeing the same growth as we have in the past. I think that's to be expected. But if people are spending less time, then maybe the 28 times forward earnings that it's traded at in the markets allowed them to doesn't make as much sense. With that said, we were just at 178 and a half, 179 a week or so ago. So it's not that catastrophic yet. Here, here's my concern. Two billion monthly active users. There's your number. How tall are you? Everybody that is on Facebook may be already on Facebook. Right. We've got changes coming down. People have made a boatload of money in the stock. If they've owned it for a couple of years, Tim, is there still a reason to own Facebook? It's valuation, Brian. I mean, it, it ultimately, if you put a $9 2019 multiple on this, which I think a lot of people could easily do, uh, this is a $225 stock at 25, time, 25 times earnings. They're growing ad revenue 41, 42%. They're growing their top line in line. Um, this is at a time when people are struggling to wonder, you know, we'll talk about Microsoft in a second. Great company doing a great job. But I mean, you know, their, their multiple ultimately gets to a place where I think you start to have to raise some questions. There's nothing wrong with Facebook's multiple. What's wrong is that sentiment right now is as bad as the stock could be. It's underperformed the triple Qs by 15 percent since There since is July. an attack on big tech in some ways. Yeah, really. Congress no, wait a second. Wait a second. Government, they, the they government is talking about growth. it. Growth. They still have, I mean. How do they have massive growth? They have 61 percent growth. There's 8 billion people in the world. Growth. Many of them don't have internet they access. They still were able to make money off of those people. It's not, I mean, listen, this is what Wall Street does. We talk about monthly active users and we talk about the growth there. This is a company that's still making a ton of money. So let's not make too much and run around with our hair on fire about how many active users are out there. We know at some point in time there's only so many people on the planet there's only so many people with a computer the cross-section of those two with Facebook 
There's well, only going to be so many of those. The growth for this is Instagram, all the other properties that they have. And so I would not be that afraid of this quarter. It's not a terrible quarter. It just missed what everybody was expecting. That's an opportunity for me. I, I think you're right, BK. And I think it has a lot to do with, like, how do they monetize the users that they do have? So that's when you have to start thinking about, okay, they don't make a dollar on WhatsApp. They paid $22 billion for WhatsApp a few years ago. At some point, they are going to figure out how to monetize those billion-plus users on that platform. The same thing that they did with Instagram. When they bought that in 2012 for a billion dollars, I think there was 50 people working there, and there was no revenue. And all of a sudden now, within Facebook, people think that's a $40 billion value, okay, you know, or, or, so, or greater than that right now. So to me, at the end of the day, um, there's nothing wrong with it other than the fact that it really has had this massive run. There is, I disagree with you on the sentiment front. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of potential headwinds. What I'm saying is when you look at Wall it Street hasn't had analysts, a massive run, though. When you see Wall the Street stocks done, the down basically in seven months. Right. But here's the thing that I would just say. You have a company, like you have Google, you have Facebook, you have Apple, and you have Amazon, and they have absolute monopolies. And then if there's a bubble in any of these things, it's a bubble in sentiment, okay? All of Wall Street analysts are in the of same Of which there thing. is in Amazon, oh. of which there might be in Microsoft, right. of which so, there is not in Facebook. Okay. I mean, I, I, fine. We, we, we agree to disagree on this. Because yeah. your, your point, I think you're defending the stock, which is kind of what I was doing and ultimately saying that you think sentiment is actually... Okay. But I what, what I'm is saying is, is and we can talk awful. to Carter about this a little bit because we kind of hit on it with Apple earlier in the in the week. You know, what's important is if there are fundamental headwinds, <laughs> if this company does have a reckoning as it relates to regulation, it relates to their revenue model because they're going away from spammy news and the news feeds and they're going to kind of reconnect with people and there's less opportunities to monetize ads on that. Well, then this stock could be in the hurt locker for a bit. I mean, we've seen it over the last but five I, years with Apple has underperformed massively. It's had huge. So I want to be clear, BK, you talked about growth. Listen, two billion active you again there's that's about all the people in the world that have stable that's internet fine, access know that, are you saying there no, could be Brian growth may, in profits for, and revenue of course, or you talking, okay, of course, well, that's i was talking i was talking no, no, users what i'm saying you is exactly what, what what dan was pointing out is that at some point you reach the maximum number of users that you can possibly have and then you, and then you have more to go money from that. make more money from that so that potentially is the phase that facebook is in potentially that means it goes sideways or underperforms 12 billion in revenue the company is making a lot of money that was my point Operating margins are good. Operating income is pretty good. Right. They're not one of these tech companies that's still figuring out how to and do it. They're these making guys actually real money. Make these real money. these guys are going to make nine bucks a share in 2019. They were making four bucks a share a couple of years ago. Messenger is starting to monetize. You have a total option on Facebook Watch. Um, you've got other parts. Instagram is, is cruising along and is, for all I can tell, eating Snap's lunch. There's nothing wrong with here. There are more levers to pull. And there's a valuation that, to me, is actually stupid cheap relative to the peer group. Not just cheap. Stupid, Stupid cheap. cheap. That's a technical it's a term, new I term, believe. my friend. And welcome to Fast Money. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate <laughs> right. that. All right. All right. Let's get some instant analysis on these earnings and get the chart master Carter Worth of Cornerstone Macro, who is at the plasma. Carter. All right. So exciting stuff. Uh, here comes the sixth uh, vote. Um, good conversation, guys. Here we have it. Let's try to put the move in context. So you see the number. Call that 180 just to round it off. It's been up and down all the time. Now, let's look at something. Here is a chart of Facebook since its IPO, and you can draw very clear lines, and the lines are like that. And I've got over here, just for fun, levels. So where the first line is, where the second, third, and fourth. What's interesting is, is that the stock is trading essentially, again, call it 180 plus minus, right just back to the line that it was sitting on, um, which is earlier in the week, earlier in the month. It's even down less than the implied move uh, after earnings. My hunch is it's contained. If it was really bad, it wouldn't be this benign. So 
I'm thinking um, you, uh, you stay the course here if you're long, and it's not that outsized a move to be that worried about. Um, we also have this big fella, uh, and a much bigger fella, yeah? And that's essentially unch. I mean, for, for a big name like that, that's also not a lot of movement. So let's put it also in context. So these charts were here drawn uh, before the, you know, obviously news came out. Let's put in the lines. Remarkably, this is since the absolute low in 09. Same general circumstance. Both stocks were trading and to the upper end. And take a look at what's gone on here. The stock essentially is unch. It is just sitting here up a penny, down a penny. The truth <laughs> is that it was good, the fundamentals anyway, and the price action is not that bad. I would say it seems very contained just on a here and now basis. Okay, Carter, Carter, would you rather that? Oh, look oh. at that. Welcome, Brian. Thanks, pal. Nice. Would you rather Facebook or Microsoft? Microsoft. Microsoft. Clear cut. You didn't even debate it. You didn't even pause. Why? Why so clear cut? Uh, well, uh, th there is the fact that Microsoft has been the better performer in terms of relative strength to the market for the last six, eight weeks. It is also the better performer year to date. It is beating the market. Facebook's only a market form. It is beating tech as a sector. And its damage is less than you see uh, in the damage in Facebook. While they're both benign, this is less. I like this better. Got it. Look at that. Gene Munster on the, on the phone nice with his airline, trying, yeah. trying, to get, trying to get some human on the phone to change his flight back to Minneapolis. That's right. not what he's doing. Come over, to the, uh, come over to the desk, Carter. Come on over. Gene, don't worry about it, Gene. Did we uh, get anyone else to? Which would you rather? We, no, it's we'll just you, man. It's just your Anybody yeah. here? Microsoft hold on. Yeah. Hold on. That's anybody it. here fundamentally disagree with Carter Worth? Or Clear cut, it. Microsoft, no debate. I'm, I'll take the Microsoft. If you look at the quarter, listen, I know the market's, the stock is selling off, but it sold off half of what it gained during the day. Made an all-time high, I think, today within the last couple of days. And if you look at Microsoft margins as they move to different businesses, their margins are improving. Operating margins are now 30%. Good for them. 25 times forward earnings is reasonable for this company. So would you rather? I'm with CBW. All right, that's two. I asked if somebody would disagree with him. You just went on a 30-minute thing about how you agree. It wasn't 30 minutes. It's five minutes. Okay, I know he went to Georgia. Disagree Look, means pal, to not right, agree. Chief, I, got you, I got your other side of this. So, Thanks, so ultimately, Microsoft has made, since they last reported, they've actually moved up two turns on their multiple along with the peer group. They're getting dragged up. We know they've made a great transition. Satya Nadella is a hero for doing what he's done with his company. But at 25 times, moving up with the peer group, I've seen Microsoft have as big of a move as they could on a multiple as any big cap stock in the world, and I think now's okay. the time. So we got, Carter, we got, I got, oh, we got two. That's one. I got a question for you. Anybody else voting? Right, but, but, I'm with you, Carter. Right, that's I mean, three. Dan's got right, a really Carter, smart so question. I'm sure. We're in a raging bull market, right? Sure. And Microsoft has obviously showed great relative strength to the market. Yeah. That's right. When you have a stock like this, React, it's down marginally to a result that what people were expected. Is this stock at 95 bucks or 94 bucks? is it a foregone conclusion that's going to tick 100 in the near future. I mean, first of all, as a percentage base, that's nothing, right? You I understand, but like, wow. what I'm saying, does it act as a magnet yeah. in bull markets? Well, there you know there, there is that saying. prospect, but I think what's so key is, it, and look at look at Amazon, another big name, acting this well when the tape is that sloppy over the last two weeks. Microsoft held up well. You have to respect it. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. If you said this, I apologize. Azure up 98%. At what point do we worry? Do we worry at all that Microsoft is coming after Amazon and is going to start beating Amazon at its own AWS game. Do you worry I mean, about that? Do you think, I think Jeff Bezos I, I, I worry about, about that? hair loss and, and weight gain. I don't worry about this you stuff. You shouldn't worry about either of those. I worry about both those things. Thanks, buddy. Um. <laughs>
<laughs> no, I, I, I think it, but you it, get 98 percent of growth is coming from somewhere. No, that's fantastic. And if you think or, about or what's the market enterprise, or, or, it's a, or it's a bigger pie. I mean, listen, right. here's the thing. Okay, they're competing with obviously everyone's gunning for AWS, but they're competing with Oracle. They're competing with IBM. I mean, the list of competitors. There's going to be a decentralized. It's not binary. Uh, well, but that's that and so here's the thing. There's, there's a, you talk about you talk about who has more levers to pull. Where's their more growth going to come from? We can argue whether they're taking it from Amazon or not. I don't think it makes a dent in Amazon's stock price, but for Microsoft, that type of growth is going to be very attractive. And I know Tim is saying, you know what, to the peer group, but what if Satya Nadella is engineering something different here? Maybe it is blockchain yeah. technology. Maybe it is the Azure platform. Maybe that changes the game for us. I'm not so saying for those we reasons, has, though. Also, this is not a consumer if, story anymore. It's if, an enterprise. But, but I'm not saying this. we have the to worry. Maybe the growth is trouble. organic. They're either stealing it from somebody right, else or they're growing the market. Also, just there's this. If the market were to get in real trouble and you had to do which would you rather, Microsoft's going to hold up a lot better than Facebook. I mean, if you get any kind of real equity, you know, sell-off, I would say the odds of that are almost foregone. Any, Carter, are you worried about technology overall, well, it's the still, sector? I mean, you know, it, it's still holding up relative to the market. You've got the Google acting well. You've got Microsoft. Intel just gapped up. You, you, you see the names that are there. It, there's less risk there in many ways uh, than there is in some of the more inflated areas of the cyclical uh, complex. What, what, off topic, so what, what is the most inflated to you right now? I would say Caterpillar, things like that, uh, other industrials, even Boeing, while it was good today, it didn't move that much on a great number. Tim hates Boeing. We'll get into that in just yeah, a second. It's, no, it's a long story. It really, it's a long story, but we're going to tell it. Coming up, day. Bitcoin has been stuck in a bit of purgatory, but there is something happening this week that might spark another leg to the crypto craze. We'll explain. Plus, Steve Wynn under pressure as Massachusetts Gambling Commission ramping up its investigation, and it could cost the casino mogul billions of dollars. We have a special report. And later on, GE living on the edge. A top analyst says that stock's fate may be sealed, and it could get booted from the Dow. Could Boeing, Tim's favorite stock, put the final nail in GE's coffin? We'll explain much more on Fast right after this. All right, welcome back to Fast Money. Boeing taking off after its earnings beat, widening a huge chasm between itself and another classic Dow stock. Of course, we're talking about GE. And you better cue the Frank Sinatra, because the two are like strangers passing each other on a moonlit night, exchanging longing glances, but eventually just going their separate ways. In this case, Boeing on an epic run that had it soaring 118% of the past year, while GE down 46% in that same time. Thank you. And today on a Trading Nation segment, Deutsche Bank analyst John Inch said, thanks to Boeing's big beat, there is a chance that GE, the oldest company in the Dow, could be booted from that index. And the way the Dow committee works is they really don't want GE, which is at $16, the lowest share price component of the Dow, to be more than 10 times uh, smaller than the largest price component, which is Boeing. And after Boeing's big numbers today, um, those numbers are in excess of 20 times. That was an interview with me. So does Boeing's gain smell more pain for GE, Tim Seymour? Are they related in any way? I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think that on some level we priced GE to be out of the Dow at some point. I think Boeing is a, its own story. It's an extraordinary story. And as extraordinary as it's been on a move from just 250 to 350 in, in, in you know, six weeks' time, the operating cash flow at Boeing, they hit with $15 billion today. They blew people away, even on the best of expectations. Uh, I, I think this is a story that truly... 
challenges people to question what's the multiple you should put companies at that are generating this kind of cash flow in this kind of environment. And that's what's going on. Anybody here think GE is value or just a value trap? We've uh, well, I mean, we've been pretty clear that it's been a trap for quite some time. And I think even at sixteen and a half dollars, wherever close today, I still would consider it a value trap. There's still some headwinds. I think there's tremendous headline risk still out there that they probably don't even know that's coming down the pike. So Cowan had a great note about six months ago. Value of GE somewhere between eleven and a half dollars and fifteen dollars. I think there's a chance to see the fifteen handle. And I don't think it has anything to do with Boeing, more to do with Honeywell. And if you look over the last decade, Honeywell has eaten GE's lunch at every turn. That will continue. So I'll tell you what. If they do get kicked out of the Dow and we get down, I don't know what number it is. Maybe it's $15. Maybe it's $13. <laughs> but you get that kind of gap down, that's the day you buy it. Yeah, Those and, and are I, the listen, best opportunities I, right there. I, I challenged the analyst, John Inch, in that interview a bit because I said, listen, yeah, yeah, GE's had it rough. I get it. But its market cap is still $140 billion, three and a half times bigger than the smallest Dow company, Travelers. It's not like GE doesn't exist. It's still a multi-billion dollar in revenue quarter. It still has $140 billion in market cap. And his rebuttal was that the difference in performance between Boeing and GE makes GE at risk. Anyone agree with that? At risk. Not just its own problem. So you're saying it's, it's dragging the Dow down and therefore has a chance to be so booted. It's going to kick it out of the club because it doesn't like its performance? That's his theory. Sounds like In some way, I oversimplified Sounds like Inch might be He's off by a mile. He's got some problems, and it's not Ooh, big K. Don't Bigfoot Inch. <laughs> no, look, I, I think Baker Hughes, first of all, is a very interesting story right now. And just to be clear, I own, I own a, a 50 basis point position in GE in my portfolio, in a portfolio, which to me is a toehold on a company that I bought down around 20 bucks. It's down a lot more from that point. But ultimately, to me, the sum of the parts, depending on how you want to do this, and I think that the energy assets are relatively cheap. And to me, I feel like, yeah, it's been my problem for the last month, but I think it's mostly been other people's problems. And I think they're slowly figuring this out. It's not something that's going to end tomorrow. But again, the energy assets were priced three months ago, like most of energy assets were, as if they were going out of business. Okay. All right. We've got eBay breaking news right now. Didi Royale West has them for us. Didi. Hi there. That's right. eBay's uh, shares uh, going up about 5.7% after the company is in line on both the top and bottom lines. Revenues are $2.61 billion uh, in line with estimates. And uh, the EPS was $0.59. Cents. On guidance, it uh, seems like both for Q1 and full year, the EPS uh, came in above estimates. That might be what is driving shares up. And gross merchandise volume, again, that's a total dollar value of merchandise sales. That's $24.4 billion uh, versus estimates of $24.1 billion. So a slight beat there. That's a really important number that analysts had been watching. And number of active buyers are $170 million, and that's in line with estimates as well. Another couple of points from the press release, uh, eBay also returned $2.7 billion dollars in capital to shareholders through repurchases of its common stock. And uh, the 2017 gap results uh, from continuing operations primarily driven by a $3.1 billion tax charge, primarily attributable, attributable to the enactment of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Uh, no doubt we'll get more color on that uh, provisional uh, tax charge, a significant one, on the call, uh, as well as more color on those GMV numbers. Back to you guys. All right, D.D. Roy, thank you very much. Yeah, guys, a lot of companies, by the way, are having sloppy quarters because of the tax law. They've got to write off certain assets. Still, Dan, Nathan, you had a 5% jump in global buyers to $170 million. eBay 
in some ways, is trying to become Amazon on the retail side. Well, you think they're Amazon's going to actually help them become. You know, there was a deal last year that Amazon did with Nike where they're going to make stores for them and they're going to push out some third-party sellers. Where do you think those third-party sellers are going to go? They're going to go to the biggest online marketplace that exists in North America, uh, and that's eBay. And so here's the other thing. Why is the stock up 5% on a beat like that and a decent little uh, raise to the guide? Well, there's t not too many tech stocks that are growing earnings 10% or expected to grow earnings 10% this year that are trading about a market multiple. You know, we just talked about valuations with Microsoft and with Facebook before. So I think this is a name that has literally been forgotten. It's just been thrown out in this whole online retail discussion that Amazon. Are you been saying it, deser it deserves more respect? Well, I'm saying it's going to get it. I mean, and here's the other thing. This stock got thrown out when they divided PayPal right. and eBay and two performed. years ago, and it was supposed to be the one, the, the, the slow-growing slow one, and this one's performed really well. So and they have a good balance sheet. So to me, they're buying back a lot of stock. You know, they're doing all the right yeah, things. Yeah, they announced a $6 billion share of purchase, which with their market cap is not insignificant. So 19 times forward earnings, that buyback, the stock should be higher. Thanks. Yeah, as Aditi said, they bought yeah. back $900 million in the fourth quarter. I mean, they are. some companies announce it and never do it. They're they're actually actually doing behind that. Stock's doing well after hours. All right, still ahead. We are all over more of the after hours action. You got Facebook and Microsoft, obviously eBay we just talked about. AT&T and PayPal also on the move. We're going to bring you the latest details. Those conference calls are getting underway. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, and we are first in business worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast. Volatility is back, and a top strategist at Wells Fargo says, just deal with it. And what he says might have you pressing the buy button. He'll be here to explain. Plus, what is going on? Still confused about Bitcoin? The crypto baller has you covered. Brian Kelly is answering your burning Bitcoin questions. And there's still time to send him a tweet. Much more Fast Money right after this. All right, welcome back to Fast Money. The crypto trade could be about to get lit as a new way. That's not even how you use that term. A new wave of Bitcoin investors getting ready to flood into the market. Bob Pisani at the NY, he knows how to use the word lit. He's got more now the crypto craze. <laughs> Okay, you're dating yourself, Brian. We're not going there. The cryptocurrency trade isn't dead yet. More than one million people have joined the waitlist for Robinhood crypto in just the last few days. Now, commission-free stock trading app Robinhood announced last week it was rolling out free, free Bitcoin and Ethereum trading in five states beginning in February. The service will at first only be available in five states, California, Massachusetts, Missouri, Montana, and New Hampshire, but not in New York. Robinhood would not give us an exact launch date, but trading could begin as soon as tomorrow. They'll now be competing against other exchanges like Coinbase, the leading U.S. marketplace for Bitcoin trading right now. Now, Coinbase may have an advantage since they have a license to trade in New York. That's a major Bitcoin trading hub. But Robinhood has said they're going to have commission-free trading. Coinbase does charge transaction fees depending upon who you are. The high price of trading Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies has become an issue recently, and this may spark a new wave of retail interest. But the devil's in the details. Watch this carefully. Some critics have said Robinhood may simply embed fees with a very wide bid-ask spread. We're going to keep an eye on that one. There's another reason retail investors' interest may be perking up in cryptocurrencies. Users of Square's cash payments app can now trade Bitcoin. That's according to CEO Jack Dorsey. He just announced that today. Customers are limited to 10,000 in Bitcoin purchases a week through the app, but there is no limit to the amount that can be sold. 
However, users cannot send Bitcoin directly to others cash users at the same time. The service will not be available for customers in New York State, in Georgia, Wyoming, or Hawaii. That's according to Square's website. Bottom line, several companies not in the crypto space are now coming in trying to make trading simpler and cheaper. I can't help but think that's a positive. Brian? All right, Bob Pisani, thank you very much. Just going to find out if that's a positive, like Bob said. All right, BK, yeah. is this Bitcoin's new catalyst? I think it's a catalyst. I mean, so I've talked about the wall of institutional money that's coming into this. This is a bit of retail money coming in. And one of the reasons why Bitcoin has been so weak is you saw a lot of the exchanges have been shutting or not. not they have not been opening new accounts. There's been so much demand that they were overwhelmed. So, you know, as new money comes in, just like in any market, just like in the stock market, that should be positive for it. A million people signing up for an app, though, if you're a CEO of a brokerage firm, the, the Robinhood just put you on notice. You've got to look at this asset class. A million people in a week. That's a big number. So it's really interesting to me because, you know, uh, you know we've been reading a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff about blockchain technology. And a lot of the smartest people that you read, you read these, uh, they're, they're cautioning people from buying. You know, they're cautioning retail people. If you don't read the white paper, then don't buy it. What's going on here is pretty simple. It's like gambling on your iPhone. I mean, like, that's really what's going on because nobody really knows what's going on with most of these currencies. There's only four on Coinbase. There's only going to be one on Square. There's only going to be one on, uh, you know, the Robinhood app. So you're just going to the one where there's the biggest, um, you know, there's most assets there. And what are you doing? You're just speculating on price going up and down. So to me, I think that has a lot to do with it. We're in a bull market here. We talk about stocks all the time, and we talk about being nervous about buying Facebook up 50% at 188 bucks. Well, you know what? You could go and buy something on your iPhone that you don't even know which way it's going to go, but everyone got rich doing it last year, so let's Wait, do it this year. So I, I, I agree with that, but do you think in a world where maybe, first of all, we've ushered in a new era of volatility? I mean, you, we'll, we'll have a conversation about that maybe later in the show, but ultimately in a world where this market starts, and I mean traditional equity markets start being infused with volatility, I, I mean, people love trading crypto partly because it's a trader's paradise. I mean, the intraday moves, the lack of transparency, the lack of price discovery, but the I, thing is, there's no headline that says Facebook margins this, you know what I mean? And therefore, there's nothing to compare how anything many to. People, uh, how many people actually trade, look at the margins? We, we're professional traders. We're looking at Facebook margins. But most people buying Facebook have no idea okay. what their algorithm is, has no idea what their margins are. They're buying it because they think the price is going to go high. Well, we know this. Crypto is a hot topic on our Twitter feed. And so we asked you, Twitter people, to send us some of your burning Bitcoin questions for BK to answer in a special edition of Crypto Class. The first tweet is from Robert, who asks, quote, do you think Bitcoin will rebound starting in February? Historically, that seems to be the case. I think it will. Uh, a lot of it had to do with the Chinese New Year. That's the historical uh, standard. So I do think in February we got a nice pace forming here. All right, our next viewer says, quote, would you recommend Bitcoin cash to your mother? Well, would you well, say? Would wow, you say wow. Uh, so listen, I would oh, recommend word to your, mom. To your so, mother. I would recommend a basket of wow. digital currencies to my mother. Uh, in fact, I think my mother does own some basket of digital currencies. I like Bitcoin Cash. I also like Bitcoin. So Twitter folks, don't at me and say I love one or the other. I think I love you equally, just like kids. And don't talk about his mother. <laughs> All right. The last question is on the sassy side by the seashore. <laughs> at the chief says, "Quote." Maybe you should give us a quick tutorial of how to buy Ripple at the top. Ooh. 
Oh, got a lot of mean tweets about oh, our Ripple segment from earlier this that's month. Painful. Throwing I some mean, shade. Right. You know, that's, that's, I, I bleed just like Can I step else. in for a second, though? So I was on the oh, desk no. that day, and you were asked how to buy another currency that doesn't trade on Coinbase. And therefore, you talked about it, how do you have to move Bitcoin there. So I got your back here a little I bit. BK. I don't that. think that was a call of buying I, I, XRP absolutely. at that price. I, so listen, I'll, I'll take my lumps when I'm wrong. On that particular case, I, that BK, was. BK, there's no need to apologize. Listen. That being said, I would still, I would buy Ripple right here. I'm long Ripple, I'm long Ripple for my fund, and I'm long Ripple for Everybody on Twitter buys low and sells high. We all know that. Next up is from Mark, who asks, quote, what effect do you think Lightning Network will have on the altcoins whose main purpose is low fees? Uh, well, I don't know if all the, the altcoins are low fees. I think the Lightning Network could be very bullish for Bitcoin. As you get more users on it, you get more transactions. You know, if you want a, if you want a catalyst, a fundamental catalyst for Bitcoin in 2018, it's the Lightning Network. Okay, there you go. Still ahead. Big night for big tech. Facebook and Microsoft both on the move after hours. Microsoft call getting ready to kick off. The Facebook call well underway. Don't forget, Gene Munster has been stuck on that red phone all hour. We're going to his thoughts on what he's hearing. Comments from CEO Mark Zuckerberg in a few minutes. Much more on Fast on a very busy night. We're back right after this. And welcome back to Fast Money. Shares of Wynn Resorts falling under pressure today. The probe into sexual misconduct allegations against Steve Wynn heating up. For more on this developing story, let's go to Contessa Brewer in Boston, Massachusetts. Contessa. Yeah, I was at that public hearing for the Massachusetts Gaming Commission today, Brian, and they reiterated they have broad authority to modify or even revoke the gaming license. That license was awarded to WinMass LLC and a group of what they call qualifiers. These are individuals who have been vetted to partake in the gaming license, and they include Steve Wynn. Now, part of the process of qualifying is to answer whatever questions the commission has. And today, the lead investigator told the commission that Wynn Resorts has now confirmed that there was this private settlement of $7.5 million and that they did not disclose it intentionally during the qualification process as urged by Wynn Council. Now, the investigator says at this point, given that, they're going to go back and review the suitability of all the individual qualifiers, including Steve Wynn. They're going to review the corporate action or the lack thereof. Who knew what, when, and why didn't they know more? We'll report back to the commission on the corporate response now to the allegations in the public domain and review the current situation and how it impacts the financial stability of the company. In the interest of transparency, the chairman pressed the lead investigator to make the facts that she finds public. We're going to look on disfavor to keeping things off the record. Um, the public has a right to know. The people in Massachusetts have a right to know what the hell happened here. We just got a response in from Wynn Resorts. A spokesman tells me we respect the process outlined by the Massachusetts Gaming Commission and will cooperate fully with the investigation. Our construction is on schedule for a 2019 opening and continues to create more than 4,000 local union trade jobs. I asked the commissioner today if he would consider those jobs in making a final decision. And he said, as for now, those people should just keep showing up to work every day. He also says they're going to be looking at the board as it stands now of Wynn Resorts and how it conducts itself according to best practices, whether it's living up to its fiduciary responsibility. But the big question here is because it did not disclose that $7.5 million settlement, has the damage already been done? 
Yeah, Contessa Brewer up in Boston for that uh, committee meeting today. Contessa, thank you very much. All right, guys, obviously it's a very serious subject and a very serious topic from an equity perspective. However, the stock is down 17% in one week, still up right. year over year. Well, round turn the month of January. Started January at 160, traded up to 203. I think we traded down to 162 today. So effectively, the downturn, uh, you know, round turn in 31 days, obviously, most of which happened in the last four trading days. Trades at 18 times forward earnings ish, probably has 20% EPS growth ish. Now you have to ask, the question really is, how much headline risk is still out there and how much has been priced in? I would submit that the company can survive this, this downturn, and I think you can buy the shares right here. Well, but, but why would you buy a company? You're totally right in, in how you've assessed that chart. This, this is now trading or was three weeks ago at, at the end of a massive run for the stock. It still trades cheap to Las Vegas Sands. The assets are what they are. Steve Wynn has a lot of value to this enterprise. I, I, I think in terms of how this business has been run, the vision of, of some of the projects, uh, but some of the parts, this thing has got a backstop. The question is, what do you What's need to do What's the backstop? The buyout? Now? You think that Las Vegas Sands could come out? Adelson and Wynn, friends, you think they, he could come rescue by the company? I don't think, I don't think he Four wants to be rescued. Four times the market cap. I mean, let's be clear here. I mean, they would come, I think they would come drooling um, if the opportunity to buy these assets were there. And I think there's an asset value here. But, but why try to figure this out tomorrow? Okay. Let's, guys, take another look at Facebook as we head to break because the stock's seeing a big reversal after hours. It was down as much as 5% at one point. It is now up. Boom. What was just said on the call that changed investors' mind? We're going to find out. And volatility. Is it here to stay? Is it back? Wells Fargo calling it the new norm for the markets and telling investors to just deal with it. Got details on that with Fast Money rolls on. Welcome back to Fast Money. It was another wild day for the market. Stocks were up with 150 points before reversing into the negative and then jumping again. This after two days of 1% moves just this week, which normally would not be a story at all. But given the last couple of years, a 1% move is the new 5% move. Your next guest says the market volatility may be back a little bit, but no worries, because he has brought along a game plan for how to deal with it. Let's welcome in Chris Harvey, head of equity strategy at Wells Fargo Securities. It is amazing, with all due respect to what you are about to say, that a 1% move now is leading CNBC programs when a 1% move three years ago was pretty much a common occurrence. But now it's so rare. What do we make of it? What do we make of it is volatility is coming back. We'll have more spikes in volatility, but we're not going to go to this elevated period. It's just going to normalize. And what we're seeing is a reintroduction of the Fed. Last year, the Fed was a non-event. Even though they were in a tightening cycle, it was more or less a non-event. They were sucking, we think we, they were sucking volatility and risk out of the marketplace. Yeah. Now, they're starting to reintroduce volatility. I may be quoting you back to you, and if I am, I forgive me. Somebody wrote recently, <laughs> and it was really time. interesting, that markets test new Fed chairs, that the markets on average are down in the yeah. first six months of almost every new Fed chair's tenure going back through history. Do you think we're going to, you know, quote, test the Fed I think we will test the Fed. So there's a couple things about the Fed. If you remember, when Greenspan first started, you had the 87 crash sh shortly after he started. That was kind of a big deal. Then you had Bernanke, who had to deal with the, 07, the summer of 07. So a lot of the Fed chairmen, they do get tested. And this time, I don't think it'll be any different. But we're not expecting in the first six months of this year to see something that big. We think it's a second-half story. Because in tightening cycles, what you generally see is a peaking of growth. You see a flattening of the yield curve. And you see uh, multiples start to contract. Have derivative, I don't want to get two options action. That's yeah. Friday at 5.30. So I'm not going to get two show. in the weeds. Highly rated show. But in way. terms of volatility, are yeah. derivatives books at some of the larger players right. set up in such a way 
that heightened volatility would be extraordinarily dangerous for them? So uh, we, I talk to our, our derivative desk all the time, talking about positioning and, and what people are doing. People are short volatility. So if you get a big spike up, and, mm. but the spike has to be maintained for a period of time. You get one spike up, you'll get a lot of people where it's a sharp stick in the eye, but you won't get capitulation. You get a spike up and it stays that way, then people will have to rebalance. Chris, if our viewers believe you, <laughs> And they believe volatility is here to stay, yeah. or at least will go up. How do they make money off it? There, there's a ton of ways to make money off of it. So what we're telling people mainly is you now have more ability to be tactical. You have more ability to trade around positions. For example, on Monday, we said we expected a market pullback of, of, of 2 to 3%. We got that in two days. Now you can start putting money to work. With regard to positions that you want to get into, you can be more selective. You can be more opportunistic. Tons of ways to do it. Chris Harvey, Wells Fargo Securities. Chris, a real pleasure. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for coming on Fast Money. Great. Guys, what do you think? Volatility? I mean, I hate to say volatility back with a 1% move, but that's kind of where we are right now. Well, right? Look, I mean, 1% is the new 5%. So listen, to Chris's point, I mean, the one thing that the Fed did in 2009 and 2010 with all of this was to suck that volatility out. And so that's what we've seen. We've had this nice, smooth up, up run. That is likely coming to an end in 2018. It doesn't mean the end of the world, but it does mean that you can be a bit more of a trader. So if you're a bit more of a trader, you're going to have a lot of fun this year. Just wait for the prices to come to you and be tactical, as they say. Uh, interest rates right now are, to me, extraordinarily accommodative. And so we have a Fed that's Even with the only... spike we've seen, because it's been pretty quick. I know we're not high, but it's been a pretty quick tick up to 278. We have an economy that in the first quarter probably grew 3.5%. And if you think around the world, we've got a 60 basis point bund. They are so far behind the curve. When they move, it's also going to... It's global central yep. banks. That's what... To, it's not just the Fed. Okay. It is more volatile. Still ahead. Facebook on the move after hours. Seeing a reversal was down. Now it's up literally like about a 6 to 7%. You turn on Facebook in a matter of minutes. We're going to tell you what just happened on the call that has investors hitting the buy button. More Fast Money right after this. All right, welcome back to Fast Money. PayPal down 3% on its earnings right now. Visa set to report after the bell tomorrow. The options market is implying some interesting moves. Dan Nathan, what do you see? Yeah, so this one just made a new all-time high in the last week. The options market is implying about um, a 3.5% move in either direction, and that's a bit rich for the average over the last four quarters. Been about 2%. I mean, again, you know, look, PayPal had a much higher implied move. Let's see where it opens tomorrow. Um, that quarter was not particularly, there was nothing wrong with it, um, and I suspect Visa will show some of the same strength. Um, but to me, when you have a stock up like that on a spike, could it come in a few bucks? Uh, no doubt about it. The implied move is four and a quarter dollars. All right. For more options action, you can check out the full show, which, as was mentioned earlier, is Friday man. at 530 p.m. Eastern watch. Time. Best. Up next, more of a check on Facebook. Again, a big reversal in the stock. What did Zuckerberg say to have a seven or eight percent now round trip? We're going to find out. Stick around. Boom. All right, earnings alert on Facebook. Wow, what a trip. The stock now higher after hours. Let's find out what was said that sent shares of Facebook reversing course, Julia. I mean, it was a big reversal. Quite an about face, Brian. It seemed to be a couple different factors at play. We heard CFO David Weiner say that the revenue outlook continues to be strong. They see different places they will continue to generate revenue and also reaffirmed guidance for capital expenditures. 
CapEx has really been in focus for Facebook. Wayner saying they continue to expect those CapEx, that CapEx number to grow between 45 and 60 percent this year. We also heard from Sheryl Sandberg, CEO, COO of Facebook. She reassured that changes to the news feed, which were announced earlier this year, won't impact Facebook's bottom line. We're not doing this to be positive or negative for revenue. We're doing this because it's the right thing for our community. But the impact it has on monetization is certainly not clearly negative. Not clearly negative, but the, the market certainly saw that as positive with the shares now of about 3%. Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook CEO, focused his comments on the company's responsibility to understand how its services are used and to amplify the good, prevent the harm. He said that changes made last quarter are already impacting user engagement and saw fewer hours watched as a result of some changes to video in the newsfeed. Now, Zuckerberg and Sandberg outlined other changes they're making to improve the user experience, such as a focus on stories, which they say are on track to overtake posts and newsfeed as the most popular way to share content. They also talked about ongoing investment in advertising transparency and, of course, in the security of the platform. Wayner saying that growth rates will, rates will continue to decelerate as expected, but they're pretty much on track. And also uh, with the comments they've made earlier um, and a lot of uh, focus there, of course, on that CapEx number and also, of course, on growth with all those changes to what we see in our news feed every day. Back over to you. All right, Julia Borston, thank you very much for more on Facebook earnings. We've got none other than Fast Money friend Gene Munster. He has been patiently on that call. Gene, what stuck out to you, buddy? You were on that call for like an hour and a half. <laughs> it's been a long call, but uh, they really buried the good stuff right in the middle of the call. And I think Cheryl's comment about the monetization actually going up. And I want to try to decrypt or translate what she was saying when she said not clearly negative. They mentioned that they've already started to clean up the news feed in the U.S. And that had an impact. They gave the numbers to back into this about 12 percent less time spent in the U.S., but monetization actually creeped up in the U.S. Now, they haven't rolled these out over the whole, the whole globe, so that's why she said not clearly negative. But that is a huge positive for this story, as investors were on pins and needles going into this call about what that impact would be. And I think she just really uh, let people rest easy, knowing that, in fact, uh, reducing time can actually be good for monetization. What a great combination. Do you, do you feel that, Gene, listen, uh, kind of a bigger topic, that, that, that Facebook has trouble sort of telling people in plain English what it means, not clearly negative. You know, Zuckerberg has not been described as maybe the best communicator. Do you feel like they're not, they're not getting their message to investors clearly enough? I mean, not clearly negative. <laughs> it's a good thing, right? I feel like it's more about them kind of wanting to underpromise and overperform. I mean, they could have said something at the beginning on January 12th when they made this announcement that they've been testing it and that the monetization wouldn't be very impacted. But I think they kind of like this game of, uh, of being negative. And they said this before with expenses. They say they're going to spend a boatload, and then they don't spend as much, and people are surprised on the upside. So they've seen their shares be rewarded by this underpromise and overperform, and I think they're continuing to do that. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're nervous to be optimistic, Gene, because of everything that's gone on around them politically here. Tim Seymour? Gene, OPEX 45 to 60% growth. Where did that come in? That also seems like it might have been part of the upmove catalyst after hours here. Was that a surprise or as expected? Well, that, the 45 to 60% is their expectation for the next year for OPEX growth. And so uh, that was unchanged from what they said on January 12th. So that's not a big surprise. And they're obviously spending a lot of that to kind of clean up the site, uh, reduce fake news. And so there wasn't as much surprise around that. I think it's really foundational around that comment from Sandberg. Hey, Gene, so I, I'm curious, 
if, if the only issue was that this change was going to reduce monetization, reduce engagement, all of those things, does it mean it's all clear now for Facebook? Are there no, nothing we have to worry about? Uh, it's a social platform, so there's always something. This is not like Google where it's the oxygen of the Internet or Amazon, which has this massive infrastructure. So just the nature of Facebook's business, there always needs to be some anxiety around it. But I think for an investor for the next few quarters, you should feel really good that there's some opportunities, that their core business is doing fine, and they got big opportunities around Messenger and WhatsApp and Innocuous that haven't even been uh, started to make money from. And so I think this is a big deal, the fact that uh, they've tested this and, um, that, that it's working out in their favor. Before we go more around the horn here, just a second, can you grade the quarter for us, Gene? Uh, before Cheryl's comment, I would have said a, a, a B plus, but uh, given what she just said, I'm gonna give it a solid A. A solid A, all right. Gene Munster, nice professor. Yeah. I wish I had more teachers like you, Gene. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, interestingly, we kind of hit on this earlier. I mean, the next leg of the story is how do they monetize Messenger? How do they monetize WhatsApp? And listen, there is no easy answer as far as Messenger. You guys remember AOL Instant Message shut down last week, last month? You know, I mean, like, it's not clear how you monetize it. Maybe it's payments. And then if they're going to be doing it through payments, do they have to make a huge acquisition? Do they have to buy a PayPal or something like that to kind of, you know, kind of get this going because they are in a multi-horse race. Mm. Amazon's got a pay button. Mm. Apple's got Apple Pay, right? Yep. Uh, Google's got wallet, that sort of thing. They may have recency bias, but does anybody dispute that if it's not the greatest, the Instagram purchase, while criticized by some of the time, may go down as the greatest technology deal of all time? I think YouTube. YouTube, throw that in you there. You think YouTube yeah, is better? Yeah, I mean, if we're, if we're comparing two, I think YouTube was probably a, a better purchase. That's not to, uh, to knock on Instagram, but clearly YouTube, to is me. The pre-Joshua Tree YouTube, or was it post-Joshua? Oh, no, I don't, I don't know anything about Joshua. Certainly before you bought a joke show. book, Brian. What'd you say, buddy? I said before you bought a joke book. <laughs> I'll say it again. All right. Anyway, Facebook. It is time now for our final trade. <laughs> Uh, We're going to go right around the horn. First to you, Guy Dummy. Oh, you're starting here. <laughs> oh, this guy is Dummy. AMD. I mean, we've talked about this for a while. Look at the quarter. Crypto, the gamers are all involved in AMD. AMD will get you. Nathan. Well, these guys know I'm wrong a lot. I liked uh, IBB on Monday. I like it more now, down three bucks from there. BK. Well, for me, we're talking about payments. What about Square SQ at Jack doing the right thing there? Guys, I really appreciated you being so nice to me, and I thank you all for AMT watching Fast Money. Down there. Really appreciate you watching Fast I got 38 seconds to burn here. I tell you, it's nice to see that we got a rise out of Brian tonight. Apparently, we were a little What's your wounded. final trade, pal? Let's talk about Facebook, which is a 24 times adjusted P.E. on a 22% Kager. That's the best value in mega cap tech land. Bar none. Kager. Bye. Kager. I, Kager. I only eat free Kager eggs. Thank you, Tim Seymour. Appreciate you watching. Mad Money begins right now. <laughs> What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.